Welcome to yet another edition of Hit the Target podcast, proudly brought to you by Hollywood Bets. I'm your host, Jesse Nagel, here to discuss all things English Premier League football, and we've got the usual suspects in studio. Uh, of course, if you've been following the show, you know I'm talking exactly about Chadley Nagel and Joshua Gaylord. Gentlemen, it's Premier League, it's almost back. I think it's just under 10 days to go now. How are you feeling, Josh? I'm excited. It's been a while since we've been on the mic um, talking EPL. Uh, but and even more excited, World Cup end of the year, so we get uh, a full run through of fixtures. Um, mm-hmm. But most importantly, Premier League things are looking good in my camp, which is the Arsenal camp. To remind all our, of the listeners, uh, sorry, excuse me, our camp. I didn't want to just put you in <laughs> both with me, even though you are. Um, yeah, I'm excited, especially for the Arsenal camp at the moment. Things are looking excellent, but. All the clubs seem to be doing fairly okay over the transfer market and mm-hmm. the season is looking to be building up to another cracker like it was last year or last campaign. A cracker, Josh calls it that a cracker after missing out on top four. I'm not too sure I agree with that. But Chad, how are you feeling? Almost um, almost time for the Premier League. Yeah, uh, we. I'm feeling excited, feeling nervous, but overall happy. You happy should. that the Premier League is back. Should be nervous. Josh, your thoughts on Chelsea in the preseason? <laughs> we obviously did beat them 4-0 and it's, there's been some um, some what's it, red flags or alarm signs. Or something's ringing that shouldn't be, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it's going I mean, according it's, to plan. It's been a difficult or turbulent, most clubs don't go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there are changes in ownership, but not in the way that Chelsea did. That's a bit uh, challenging to go through. They got through it. So the transfer business did start late, mm-hmm. uh, to be fair to Chelsea. Um, so their targets that they would have had on the board, uh, would they would have only been able to pursue them a little bit later than other clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been proven with Barcelona basically just taking everything that Chelsea have been going for. You've got uh, the same list. It seems. Yeah. But I think things, despite transfers... Uh, things aren't looking 100% at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Watching, I mean, preseason, we know it's a fitness. Uh, it's more to get the uh, the players up to speed with fitness and the, the pace of the Premier League. Um, I'm not a fan of versing rivals. I, we, we are, me watching that fixture, it's it's not... Uh, I remember, I think it was last season, the season before, where Thomas Partey was injured in preseason mm-hmm. against Chelsea. Missed out, I think, three or four games. Um, that's a big knock. So playing your rivals in the in the beginning of the season... It's not uh, not for me, um, but I think looking at Chelsea just with a brush with a with a lightly brush stroke, it doesn't look uh, good from the outside. Um, uh, their third spot is is definitely not in their hands as it was last season. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think third place is up for grabs. Chelsea, obviously, they've gone through a difficult period. The change of owners. Um, new owners have come in and <clears throat> in my opinion they've done incredibly well um yes Chelsea have started their business Chelsea or the owners the owners have done oh. really well I think um because you know had Barcelona not been around you'd be looking at the like they've gone out there and they've basically gone for what Tuchel wants mm-hmm. they've gone for his targets and um they've reached an agreement like for Sevilla uh, for Kounde, they reached an agreement with Sevilla before Barcelona did. Same they did with the Rafinha. same with uh, Leeds United for Rafinha. But unfortunately, uh, Barcelona building uh, Thomas Tuchel's team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So how did they fix that then? Because obviously you I, can't get all yeah. your targets, as as you mentioned, that other clubs will be involved, and some yeah. players' preference grew up watching their favorite teams, and whether you know you can agree with the club, but the players' preference could be to join another team. Yeah. How do Chelsea then fix that? Because they do have targets; they are probably the most ambitious team in England. How do they then right their wrongs with what, just a few days ago? Yeah, and that is that is. That is the worrying factor. Mm. Um, looking at, at Chelsea ahead of the new season, but I, you know, at the time of recording, obviously it doesn't look too positive. Mm. But if you look at like even the alternative list, like they've obviously Tuchel hasn't always got his top uh, first choice targets. But you look at the other names on those on those lists, like in in according to the latest reports, and you still see some some top players like. If you miss out on Jules Koundé, there's a chance of you signing uh, Benjamin Pavard. Hmm. You know, it's, it's it's like arguably he should be uh, ahead of uh, Koundé in the option in the list. A and option A. So yeah, so there's there's that, and I think that there's still enough time. Um, yes, it, it's a race against time to get your business done, and every club wants to be to have um, you know their, their, their players all set and ready for the first game of the season but I think there's plenty of time to uh, right our wrongs and I think we will get our targets uh, come in Yeah I suppose if Chelsea do it's, it's all about closing that gap on uh, Manchester City and Liverpool Josh I feel like <coughs> this season uh, not so much as, well wouldn't be the case as previous seasons like but in terms of the gap regarding the, the big two or the top two I'd say and the, the chasing pack but I feel like it could be another season where Liverpool and City just distance themselves how are you feeling about that? I think in my opinion Manchester City have replaced and put in the right pieces uh, that have left the squad um, that being Gabriel Jesus leaving uh, bringing in Haaland Sterling and Sterling leaving uh, Julian Alvarez reminds me of how the Gabriel Jesus uh, deal went in the beginning a youngster from South America mm-hmm. coming in bringing in a bit of flair and stuff awesome you know so you could you could argue that that Julian Alvarez replacing uh, Gabriel Jesus and Sterling who has been there a lot longer in the Premier League a bigger name so to speak um, being replaced by Haaland so the upfronts up nothing's really changed for them mm-hmm. uh, Grealish will seem to play more in the role that Sterling has been role playing. And already we see in preseason their connection, Haaland coming out and saying they've got a good relationship or he likes his vibe, as he said. <laughs> um, and in the defensive midfield role, they've also replaced very well. Fernandinho going out, being an excellent uh, stalwart of the club, um, if you can be one at City. And Calvin, Calvin Phillips coming in, yeah. someone who's proved himself in the English squad. Uh, I, I particularly like the way he plays in that defensive role. Uh, he might not be such a crunching player, but he's good on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he'll fit in well with uh, City's squad. And they've seemed to replace most of those players, except Sinchenko at the moment. But we know City get what City wants. Kurella. And Marco Kurella is going definitely yeah. coming in. Um, and also very ball-playing, like Sinchenko. So they've replaced everything. On the other hand, if we're looking at Liverpool, I don't think that they've replaced the way that City have. Um, yeah. Not to say that Klopp doesn't have a plan with the youngsters that are coming in. For me, that midfield section looks a bit shaky. Um, they seem to be giving faith to Curtis Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple other youngsters that are coming in. And then the older midfielders are still there. Um, they haven't departed with any of them. Uh, your Dean and your Jordan Henderson, um, all Thiago, of those, Thiago, Fabinho, Fabinho you know. Um, 
so those players are going over the hill at the moment. Um, and then losing Mane is the biggest one. I know when Donovan Villa, Mr. Liverpool comes on, mm-hmm. he will let us know how much he will miss Mane. Um, I think he probably watched a couple Bundesliga fixtures <laughs> this season. So I, I feel like maybe Liverpool haven't really uh, strengthened from last season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to watch uh, the youngster Fabio Cavallo, who's come through from the, uh, Fulham. He looks excellent in preseason. But again, um, another youngster. But again, with another dynamo. youngster competing with Manchester City, who brought in players who have proven themselves. Um, bar Julian Alvarez, but he is a, a project. Yeah. So, so I think the gap... The by 20 points? A or? bit more. A bit more. <laughs> I think it'll be a bit more of a breeze in yeah. that regard. But the rest of the the relegation battle looks exciting this season. Mm. Um, maybe I'm the only one that might be excited about that. Yeah, and so. as well as top six, top four, that looks a lot more challenging than it was last season. Mm. Definitely. So City win the league then, Chad, but 30 points, 30 plus points. No, I, look, that's I, what Josh I, said in, look, in a nutshell. I, I, I kind of, I do un, uh, agree with Josh. I hit the nail on the head there in terms of the players City have brought in. They've strengthened, they've replaced um, in likeness, but also as upgrades as well. Mm. Uh, argu- well, arguably just perhaps the the, um, the Alvarez one. But, um, you know, you look at Manchester City, they, they've always been one of the best teams in world football. They, their goal is to win the Champions League. And I think the signing of Haaland um, just elevates, them. elevates them to like another level because they finally, in my opinion, replaced Sergio Aguero. Yeah. And I think they've needed to replace him because it's just, it's always good to have that option. Yes, now and then Pep Guardiola likes to play with the false nine. Uh, sometimes no striker at all. Mm. Sometimes no DM, <laughs> but like you know, you, but it's nice to have options. It's nice to have a, the option of a target man and uh, someone as prolific as Erling Haaland, uh, who's who's probably uh, destined to have a future, um, a career rather similar to Sergio Aguero uh, yeah. for Manchester City. I think Manchester City are the team to beat. I do think that they will win the Premier League, but I also think they're going to have their there are games where they slump and mm. where uh, there's going to be upsets. I think more upsets than they would like, I think. And Liverpool as well, I think. Um, Liverpool, obviously, they are the top part of the... They make up the top two best teams in England. But I just... You know, the signing of Darwin Nunes um, comes with a big hefty mm. fee Um he has, he has he has immense potential we all know that um he hasn't had the he hasn't had the most exciting preseason by mm-hmm. his high standards perhaps but is he gonna is he going to be able to step into the shoes of uh, Sadio Mane those are big shoes to fill and i just think that you know Manchester City are Right now, they've distanced themselves from Liverpool. Yeah, so I think my only worry with that is that even though um, I think we can all sing City's praises and record a four or five hour podcast if we have to and just speak about Manchester City and how good they are. But I feel like Liverpool are that team that will always be discredited at the start of the season or just people will think that, you know, there are better teams out there. And then that same team would go on to compete for the Premier League with Manchester City, getting 90 plus points, reaching the Champions League final. They 
there was, in fact, the same Liverpool team, I think at the start of last season, we all sat in the same studio and we were discussing that their top four spot could be out for grabs and they went to compete for four trophies, which yeah. they flipped that four quite a, like, quite a ton around for, for yeah. you know, the, the four that they competed for. So Ended with two penalty shootout ones. Yeah, well, <laughs> against Chelsea, so thanks yeah. for that. Um, but I feel like this Liverpool team just can't be written off and... I get the fact that we're all in agreement that Man City will win the league. I, I feel so too, but I think it'll be like decided on the final day if that's if that makes sense. Yeah, written in the stars like last season. <laughs> <laughs> written in the back rooms of the Premier League. But um, I think, sorry, yeah, I, I think also um, we look back when the last time Liverpool pushed Manchester City when they lost the league by a point, and then you look at their following season. It's almost. Uh, they've and you saw they struggled. I think it's difficult to maintain that high um, energy uh, level that Jurgen Klopp likes to play, like in consecutive seasons. We haven't seen them do that, and I think if they are to mount a serious title charge this time around, I think it'll be surprising to me if they are to reach the levels of last season because. I just haven't seen them do it in consecutive seasons under Jurgen Klopp since he's been there at the club. So, Josh, Chad mentioned uh, Frodwin Nunes. Um, do you think that he is needed to really mount a challenge? I know he's their big money signing. He's seen as the, the like-for-like replacement for Sadio Mane. But if you remember, back end of last season, they signed Diaz in January and then they had somewhat of a front three of Diaz, Mane, Salah. But if you just put Jotsi in there, it was Premier League proven who's was one of the top scorers for Liverpool. It doesn't really take away some of the quality that's in the attack because Nunes has time to adjust. And I feel like Chelsea used to do that with some of their signings back in the day where they'd sign a big big money signing and you don't have to play him right away because there's quality in that position. So if he comes on for 30 minutes or so, he's he's not really killing the team or letting them down. So that gives him room for like adjustment. So I think we could see something similar there. Look, I mean... I'm not writing Liverpool off here. Uh, they're a quality team. Klopp is a quality manager. And one of his excuses, back-to-back fixtures. One of his excuses, back-to-back fixtures and not enough time to rest for the players mm-hmm. will slowly be written away this season. I'm not, uh, because of one thing we both or all might be forgetting, five, five subs. subs this season. Yeah. Um, and that's, he, a he, that's a game changer for him uh, for and for every other club. We all get five subs. But the intensity that he gets to play and all those players fitting in specific roles, as we've seen with Klopp's teams, they are able to just have that high energy even more now with those with five substitutes. Mm. Um, and now, uh, but I, uh, when it comes to you mentioning about Darwin Nunes, uh, I think he just Godwin, no, he, he just needs to. Score. It's hard. He just needs to score. <laughs> he needs to uh, get off the mark. Once he's off the mark, I think the nerves will will calm down. If he doesn't within the first three to five games, it'll be a very difficult season. Um, you say that Lukaku started off quite well in yeah. the early stages. Yes. Uh, my, my thing is Lukaku had to come back and prove something. Uh, he, he wasn't great there before already. Um, mm. This is Darwin now stepping up, uh, coming into a much bigger league and having to prove himself in a system that could work for him. Uh, Klopp will definitely find a role for him, whether it be in the wing, whether it be through the middle he'll find a way to make it work. Uh, but he is a quality manager in that regard. Mm. Um, and he also said he does need to score goals to get that price tag off of him. Klopp came out and mentioned that uh, nowadays these big price tags do weigh down on the on the players. Uh, they look at social media when they shouldn't. 
um, and it will affect them. So just getting his mindset right uh, is getting off the mark with the goal. I think that's why in preseason, Salah even gave him the opportunity to take a penalty, maybe ease those yeah. nerves, and he went on to score three four, more. Four, he scored four goals. He scored he four goals, the yes. Ball in the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it definitely uh, comes down to him getting off the mark nice and fast. I think there could be a case for that, actually. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think he should have a decent season. I, I wouldn't... The, the the argument that a lot of people came out when the two signings were made, Haaland and Nunez, put a lot of pressure. Um, mm, and I think it got his head. Yeah, now it's got his head. But I think that he, he can come right. He's, he has good <laughs> qualities. Um, there's a reason why that Klopp signed him. Um, <laughs> and he should come through. Not flying, but a yeah. good couple of goals. Chad, we've spoken about um, Liverpool, Manchester City and Chelsea. Um but there is four big spots to compete com- compete for, rather. Um, I think the other spots is sort of... Well, if we put Chelsea there, I'm sure you do. But if we're looking at the other spots, I, I suppose there are some dark horses like your West Ham's and your Leicester Cities and Wolves who never really ever have a bad season. But it's... For what? Top four. <laughs> top four, no. It should be quite nailed on between yeah. Tottenham, um, Arsenal uh, and... yeah. Dare I say, Man United? No, I think uh, definitely no chance for those smaller clubs. Yeah, Man uh, United. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think West Ham, obviously, um, uh, along with uh, Aston Villa, perhaps Everton will improve the season. I would put them into the surprise packages of the season, perhaps. But I don't think that they they will punch above their weight in certain games, and they are capable of getting an upset of a top six side. But I just give them no chance of breaking into the top four. Neither of those sides have the squad capable of gate crashing the top six over the likes of Chelsea, Tottenham. Uh, Arsenal and Manchester United, uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they, I, 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 I would say don't sleep on them as well as, as much as I, I would put them as the sixth best team from the top bigs, from the top six big teams. Uh, I don't think we can ever rule them out. Um, I think it, you know, like strange things have happened in the Premier I'm League. Of what you said, six best instead of calling them the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, it's just like remember Frank Lampard, um, his first season at Chelsea. Uh, nobody gave Chelsea a chance because of the youth. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a similar thing at Manchester United right now. Yes, they have problems. The Cristiano Ronaldo saga needs to end. Uh, um, they need to come out and release a statement to say that he's leaving or he's staying because the uncertainty around his future hasn't helped the club. Um, there's just a negative mood around the camp. While the results have been good in preseason, the, the, the performances have been eye-catching. Even some players that have perhaps been forgotten about, like mm. players like Anthony Marshall has stepped up. Um, you know, there's, they've made some top signings as well. They obviously are going to play attacking football. We, it's clear to see in preseason. Uh, they do have an identity. Uh, you can kind of see what, unlike with, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and, um, uh, um, and, um, David Moyes. David Moyes. And like, you can just see there, there is an identity. They, yes, they obviously aren't polished because it's still early days, but I do think give it time. They could knock on the door. I wouldn't put them in the top four this season, but I think they could knock on the door and just like 
put the pressure on the teams that are chasing for that fourth spot. So then who do you put in your top four? <coughs> sure, top four. That's that's going to be incredibly difficult to to pick, like we like we said at the beginning of the podcast. I think uh, obviously Manchester City and Liverpool. I think I have to agree with uh, you and Josh. I think Chelsea. I think if you Arsenal and Tottenham, uh, I think you're looking at. I, I, well, I don't know like how like if there's even uh, Antonio Conte as, as ambitious as he as he'll be looking at Spurs and thinking, okay, we got to give uh, give it a real go in terms of challenging for the title. I'm not sure. I think Arteta is more realistic and wants to build on uh, on the season um, ahead, and and he still has youth. I think. <clears throat> Both of those sides will look at Chelsea and they'll think, look, there's a real chance that we can uh, take their position. Uh, we can mm-hmm. we can secure, a, forget top four, we can secure third place. I think both sides will be looking at that and be confident of, of perhaps even feeling like they are stronger than Chelsea this season. But at the same time, this is just at the time of recording. A lot's going to change. A lot's going to happen uh, with the transfer window. There's still so many days. Uh, even when the Premier League season starts, this the window's still open, so a lot can happen. I think at the moment, though, this is going to sound crazy, but I would put I would leave Chelsea out of the top four currently. Yeah, currently, how, right how, now. How crazy does that sound, Josh? Because to me, it's not that crazy because we're having that discussion right now. And based on what's happening right now, I do think Spurs and Arsenal are better equipped for the season because for number one, all their players are fit. Um, everyone's happy. No Only one's looking No one's looking to leave. Um, you know, Arteta's love. He could give another speech. I mean, I think we all saw that um, from the Amazon Prime um, clip. But... Where's, both managers are backed as well. Both managers are backed and back to the roof. It's it's these are this is Arteta's squad. This is Conte's squad. Tuchel squads um, in Spain. It's it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I have to agree with you. It's not that crazy to think. Um, so it's, tell us your top four. It, it sounds crazy because last season Chelsea were bankered at third for actually most of the They're the world champions, actually, at the time of recording. So Yes. <laughs> so, but for me, it's it's hard to call at the same time. It's always going to be hard to call, especially with the transfer window I still agree. open. I agree, our job is the hardest. <laughs> it's hard to call. The transfer window still open. But just as is right now, while we are recording, I would have Tottenham in third, above Arsenal and Chelsea. And... Not that it won't be a fight, but I think more so as to what Chad said. Conte is, a, in all due respect, a madman. Mm. And he he wants that title. That's what I think he is aiming for with those players. And if he's aiming that high, he's not going to fall much further back. And third spot, is, that seems to be the one. We know that Tottenham are always somewhat of a hoodoo team for uh, Manchester City. And if he can get points off of Manchester City, that's big for Tottenham. Um. He's made the right signings, like we've mentioned, and I think that third spot is there at this very given moment. Uh, without why, the ball why do they the finish kids. above Arsenal and Chelsea? What's what about purely based on forget Spurs, the manager? Let's look at Chelsea and Arsenal. What are they lacking to not pip Spurs? Okay, the 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 squad, the feeling in the squad in terms of Arsenal and Chelsea, very similar. All the players are in Chad, tune. This is the part where it tells us how bad our teams are. <laughs> All, all in unison. But uh, Conte, if we look at last season, those games where uh, Arsenal lost, I think it was Crystal Palace, 
it was Newcastle, and mm. then it was Tottenham. Mm. Those three games, if Conte was in that position, I don't think he would have lost to Crystal Palace. Yeah, I don't think he would have lost to Newcastle as well. Um, lo- lose himself. Edge. I think it's just he's got a little bit more. I, I love Mikel Arteta. I don't want him to go anywhere from Arsenal. I mm. think he's building his his uh, his squad perfectly. But if Conte was in that position last season, I think he gets top four, and vice versa would have been the other way around. Yeah. Um, for the fourth spot, I think Arsenal can get that fourth spot. It'll Ahead be a challenge uh, over Chelsea. It'll be a challenge. Um, purely, uh, like I said, the unity in the squad is there as opposed to how Chelsea is at the moment. I think we've seen how Tuchel in the past has had problems with ownership uh, from, I think, even back, like, what what was his first... Um, uh, club, Mainz. Mainz. From back at Mainz, he had a problem with the uh, d- d- directors there. Mm. We went to Dortmund. Had he came in, he won some trophies, but after winning at the the Pockel, he got fired four days or five days or ever many days shortly after. Uh, PSG, <laughs> same situation. Okay, PSG is hard to be. A, it's more like a poli- politi- political a thing. Final that never been. Yes, but he still gets. He's, he's a quality manager, but I think when it comes to dealing with the ownership and of sort like that, where what it seems to look a little bit like at Chelsea at the moment. Um, not to say that he's not back. Not to say that there's not no money. Um, but I think it's it's all. There's always patterns that lead that way. Not, mm. But I think he's a quality manager. I think that's one thing that'll be his downfall maybe this season. Um, and that's my top five. United. I'm not writing them off, but it's a difficult season. Uh, we play a little game in the office where we have wild cards and stuff like that. And one of my wild cards for the season is United not to finish in the top six. Um, but if I'm putting some money behind it, six spots for United. That is wild. Come on. Um, so look, I think my top four, um, just for our listeners out there, is would be Manchester City, Liverpool. I'd put Arsenal third, but. I'd put Chelsea in fourth. And I get what you're saying, Josh, about the whole Tuchel dilemma that, um, you know, he does tend to go astray with the owners and he's someone who tends to throw his toys out the cart when he doesn't get doesn't get his way. But I feel like Conte has to switch up his style of play this season. He signed the players that he wants, but I don't think it accommodates Son and Kane. And Richarlison's going to be a top signing for them. I, I feel like... I feel, Perisic will be a good signing. Kulusevski was their best player towards the back end of last season. Those players Lengle. all have to play. Lengle has to play in the back three with Romero and someone else. So all those players have to play. And that doesn't bring out the best of Son and Kane. And Son was top scorer last season. Mm-hmm. Kane has probably got more goals than anyone in, in the world in the past five seasons. So those are your two best players. Those are your two only world-class players. And... And I don't think they're going to be happy. And we're talking about, you know, grown men throwing their toys out the cot. Son and Kane are famous for that. So I feel like there could be some talks. Um, you know, it's, again, it's still there at the time of recording. From the podcast host. <laughs> there, there could be some buys as well because Kane has two years. Obviously, not, none of us expect him to leave. And we all expect him to be a Spurs player at the start of the season. But, uh, you know, like there's a lot of speculation uh, surrounding his future. He has I say two United. years left on his contract. I say United could finish above Tottenham. And that's crazy because that I think is crazy. I think Man United are the worst thing to ever happen to football. But no Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like things are not going to go according to plan for Tottenham, and it went so well last season. Sure, that's but a bold call. I I just feel like 
with Richarlison, who came in with the big money, as soon as he's fit, he's going to play. It's not going to be, you know, Son Kane, that whole. That's a 3-4-3. Yeah, but 3-4-3, but who plays where in the, in the three? Because Kane drops into midfield, and Richarlison's like, not going to fetch um, balls. Ivan Perisic was an excellent, he thrives in the wing-back uh, yeah. position. So, I, I, you know, I hear what you're saying and you you make you have your points. Am but I changing thoughts here? No, no, I just feel like Conte is a serial winner. We're talking about, now we've come to this part in the podcast where we're discussing the top four race. Conte's not even used to uh, chasing for top four. He doesn't care about top four. Yeah. He, he's a serial winner and he wants to win the big titles and he has won the biggest title in England uh, in uh, what was Pep Guardiola and Jürgen Klopp's first full season in the Premier mm. League. He came at Chelsea and he won the Premier League title. He's a winner. He even look at his teams um, in the Euros and um, remember he's, the players that he had, like they weren't like stars. They had Graziano Pele and like... Um, uh, Adair and all these players that want that that nobody really rated or, or, or spoke so highly of, but he just had a way of just getting results and 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 having his players fight for him. I think he has that in players like Richarlison, Perisic, obviously who he's worked well under and won a title with. You mentioned three four three. I agree that Tottenham will play three four three, but who's that double pivot in midfield? Um, it'll be. Um, um, the, the, the Danish, it'll be Basuma. the Danish guy and Hoiberg. Yeah. And what happens to Bensenko, who was also one of the best players last season? They have so Champions League to rotate the squad this yeah. season. Yeah, um, but look, this luck, it's, it's not going to work. I, I remember with, with like, Chelsea, Chelsea won the Champions League and they, they've had, they, their midfielders they'll do well in one. They'll do well in one. They, I they feel had, like their midfielders the had enough uh, game time. You had Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic, and like, I think it's the same thing with Bensenko. Uh, Basuma and uh, Hoiberg. Yeah, I just feel like because of his style of play, Bentenko might be too attacking. He he was the guy who won the league with Matic and Kante. And if you look at Basuma and Hoiberg, obviously the diff- the golfing class is different, but those are two similar players and that's what's going to happen. Bentenko's <laughs> going to look for an out soon and I just, again, could be me being biased, but I just feel like Tottenham could be that team that um, surprises us all because we... You for the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. You spoke yeah. about challenging for the title and all kinds of things that won't happen this season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not too sure, Josh, between Darwin Nunes and Tottenham, what will be the bigger flop this season? <laughs> um, money on it? Darwin Nunes. Darwin yeah. Nunes. Chad, your flop Nunes. of the season. It can be an individual or a group of players. Flop of the season. Um, sure. Flop of the season, I think because of the price tag, I do not expect him to live up to it. At least not in the first season. Um, I won't write him off, but Darwin Nunes, flop of the season. I think he's... So easy. I think, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's just going to go... <laughs> like he misses those tap-ins. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be more like, you know, like Timo Werner coming from the Bundesliga with a lot of high, uh, good reputation, goal-scoring ability, but I just think uh, he'll be in for a surprise when he comes up against uh, the, the Premier League defences. 
Yeah, well, I suppose that is um, all from us in studio in the Hit That's All Good studio. Of course, um, if you're out there listening, you understand the chance of winning a 200 and betting voucher. All you have to do is let us know your season predictions, who's winning the Premier League, who's winning, who, well, who's getting in those top four positions. And if your comment does hit the target, you could walk away with a 200 rand betting voucher, courtesy of Hollywood Bets. Gentlemen, any final uh, last words before we con- conclude? I, I have one. I have a signing of the season. I'll give it to Gabriel Jesus because I think he'll fire Arsenal into the top four, back into Champions League. Music to my ears. You should have started with that, yeah. <laughs> um, I believe that Nottingham Forest won't get relegated this season. Uh, I think they've made some quality signings. Uh, bar Jesse Lingard. Um, mm. I think they stay afloat. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, like I feel like we should end the podcast. <laughs> yeah, with Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Just um, no, but yeah. back to what Chad said, Gabriel Jesus, I do feel like he will be the best signing of the season. And again, this is me being biased, but... You get what you deserve. You, no one's asking. No one's forcing you to listen to this podcast. But uh, until next week, gentlemen. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers.